but don't quit your W-2 job before you start that, that new business. It's really important that you have a, what's called secondary source of repayment. It's something that's always considered and looked at when providing lending options. Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to the Wildlife and Business Conference podcast. Today we have the one, the only, that's like some trumpets, yes, Aaron Jameson. We have him here from Frost Bank. I'm super excited. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. This should be fun. It will. It's going to be a good time. So make sure to tune in because I know Aaron is going to drop some gems today and some nuggets, especially we're going to be talking about banking. We're definitely going to talk about some banking, yes. business banking, yes. what it means to entrepreneurs. All yes. I'm super excited. Okay, guys. So stay tuned in. Aaron, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you stumble upon getting, um, working with Frost Bank and tell us your backstory and yeah. all of that. We want to get to know you. Yeah. Exciting times. Um, you know, I, I tell folks all the time that I took the long way to get to banking. It really started uh, with one of my top clients mm -hmm. when I worked for a national, really familiar brand. You mm -hmm. all might've heard of Mickey Mouse ears, something along that line. What? One of my top uh, clients was uh -huh. a financial institution and uh -huh. uh, they suggested mm -hmm. that I consider being in the financial services industry. And mm -hmm. so uh, I took them up on their offer and mm -hmm. I helped manage and open a credit union here in oh, North Texas. Wow. Uh -huh. um, it was really fun. I learned a lot. I, uh, I, uh, I took all of my selling skills, life skills, people skills, and applied it to financial services. I learned about teller machines and vaults and all the stuff that go with that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also realized that there was something special about commercial banking and what mm. it means for businesses to grow and thrive. Mm. So uh, my first um, real opportunity was with a big bank and then um, worked there for a number of years and learned what it was about. And then, as you know, seasons change, things mm -hmm. change. Uh, and I found an opportunity to work for uh, on the commercial side mm -hmm. as a business development officer for another really large national bank. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I really got my commercial chops there, understanding credit, seeing all of the deals, working with borrowers, buyers, investors. And I knew this is what I wanted to keep doing. So mm -hmm. uh, this opportunity at Frost Bank uh, came up almost out of nowhere at a perfect transition point in my life. And I feel so fortunate. I get to live and work in my own backyard, feels like. Mm. So I love it. Uh, it's amazing times. and. And at the end of the day, getting to do this work is a privilege. It's, it's fun because none of it's personal. Right. Um, the people that are opening and running small businesses, entrepreneurs have done most of the heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. They've already you know, figured out how to manage their credit and budgets and build relationships with vendors and customers. And they really have fine-tuned something special. Mm -hmm. And they're looking for a way to accelerate that. Mm -hmm. And no matter where a small business owner, an entrepreneur, even a dreamer is in their journey, I feel like I'm uniquely blessed with the tools to communicate with them wherever they are in their journey to get to wherever they want to go. Mm, I absolutely love that. So I love that you touched on also entrepreneurs, small business owners. We find that sometimes as an entrepreneur, small business owner, we don't even know where to start, yeah. right? Especially when it comes to banking. I mean, I've come across some people who just, look, I got Cash App and <laughs> we're going to make this work for a little bit, you know, but then it comes to a point where we really need to 
get a business bank account because I know also small business owners, entrepreneurs, sometimes they start off with using, you know, your personal bank account and then, but there's a point, you know, how do you know when that point is? That's number one. And then number two, um, give us some gems, some tips when it comes to business banking for small business owners and entrepreneurs who know nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good stuff. I think, I think number one is, um, as I kind of alluded to earlier, um, entrepreneurs, small business owners, they have a dream. They want to mm-hmm. own something. Mm-hmm. I think the largest sector of folks that I'm working with today are people who have had long professional careers in other spaces, maybe corporate America, maybe something very specific, but they don't necessarily own a piece of it. Yeah. And so they're thinking of how can I take my skill, my talent, my passion, and create something that provides equity for myself and my family. Right. And so um, I think if you, the question is, you know, where do you start? You start with that dream, that belief, and you start to surround yourself with the people that you need to make it happen. Right. So um, there's no bad time to do it. So if you've already started off with your cash app and your Zelle and you're, you, you're making it happen, mm-hmm. um, that's not bad. But it is a really good time, especially at the start of a calendar year or a fiscal year, to really be kind of planning for a kickoff and make that change. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so right now, we're supposed right to start now. right now. This we're in January 2024. Um, and it's, it's exciting because um, the second part of that is what do you need? You really need kind of, you know, maybe a gem around that is my ABCs. You, you have to have the ABC. So there are no successful businesses in America that aren't using some sort of high level accounting practices. Mm-hmm. So bookkeepers, CPAs, even if it's as simple as starting out with technology, QuickBooks, et cetera. But you really need that to maintain and understand some of the line item assets of your business. Right. Super important. The A's. You need an account. Um, Two, you need a bank. Right. You need a banker. If You need Aaron (laughs) at Frost Bank, specifically in Wiley, Texas. Yes. yes. Come come see me. If if your banker's first name is Chase, you probably don't know your banker. Right. That that happened to me once when I was at Chase. Love you, Chase. But, you know, I didn't know you. You know, I didn't have an Aaron. Yeah. You want to have a banker. You want to have a bank. You want to have a place where people know you, Mm -hmm. where they understand what you're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And they're committed to helping you make those things happen. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, a business is about transactions, money, and how you make those become profitable. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's why the bank, the B part is really important. And, you know, you got to have a C, as I mentioned, CPA, but that's the same as an attorney. Either way you go with those, those people are going to make sure that you're legally able to do the things you're supposed to do. They're going to help you with your certificate of secretary of state certificate to make sure that you're able to sell in Texas because Texas wants their piece of the pie. So you want to be really mindful of protecting that and and staying compliant. Um, So when you put the ABCs together, your attorney, banker and CPA, then you've got to, you've got the team around you to really help a business thrive. Mm. And I mean, from a business, from a brand manager and business coach perspective, which is what I do, mm-hmm. I've found when I worked with clients who kind of actually didn't have the ABCs, but they had like one of them, things still aren't working like a well-oiled machine. And I find too that typically uh, when you kind of get ahead of yourself, put mm-hmm. the cart before the horse and you have to backtrack, um, you kind of fall into you know some discomfort. Can you talk to me a little bit about some scenarios that you've seen when people, you know, kind of skip this and that or backtrack. Just yeah. tell us about some scenarios that you've seen there. Yeah. You know, 
you know, when you're talking about attorney um, and talking about even simple things like the name of your business. Mm. So uh, you could say, hey, I'm going to start a, a, you know, a really cool little hamburger place called Mr. B's or McBee's. Well, if it's too similar to some of the major brands, they will issue a cease to cease and desist and cause you to stop operation immediately. Like immediately. And like sign down. Sign down. <laughs> Man down. Like, uh, there's an uh-huh. example of that really close to here, uh, here in town where a business had got up and running and they were working really well, but they kind of used this similar logo to the Acme explosion. And oh. Apparently someone locally told on them. And so they were forced to uh, take all that down, take down all their signage, all their cups, everything that had that logo on it. Now that's, that's, that's just a backtrack. That's thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars. Uh, and so you want to be really thoughtful, particularly uh, making sure that the legal groundwork is set so that you can move mm-hmm. forward with a business. What do I need to start a business bank account? Because it's not the same as me just being able to walk in like, hey, guys, I want a, I want a bank account, like a personal checking. It's not the same. I mean, even that you got to <laughs> you got to bring <laughs> yeah, some yeah. documentation. But what, 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 what should I be prepared for? Because I feel like a lot of small business owners, entrepreneurs uh, that I've met who don't have a business bank account, they're actually like kind of apprehensive to just walk into the bank and ask those questions. Cause they feel like they think somebody's going to think they're stupid or like for lack of better terms, they're like kind of embarrassed. Like, I don't know this, you know, and then Google, you Google, what do you need? It's like, it, it's variable. Right. So what, what, what are good, um, what do you need? Yeah, you really, it's really simple. You want to make sure that you're cleared with your state to do business. So the secretary of state issues a good standing letter to let you know that you can actually take and receive payments under mm-hmm. your business. So, um, and, and then you also have to fl- apply for a federal FIN or EIN number. That number is really important because that's the taxable revenue. A lot of times when you're a solopreneur, it's your Going social security, your social, mm-hmm. but even then you'll want to establish an EIN specifically for your business for tax purposes. Um, but there's really only about four main documents that you need to bring an ID uh, entity formation through the secretary of state. You want to bring, of course, um, a deposit, right? <laughs> so you wanna, <laughs> you wanna, I don't know why that, that shouldn't be that funny. <laughs> it shouldn't be a that de- funny, but a deposit, guys, uh, what's a good deposit? Uh, for example, at our bank, you only need to start with $50 okay, to a business banking account. Uh, if you leave $1,500, $1,500 in your account, you never pay any fees. That's that's kind of a frost thing. We, mm-hmm. we really want to make it easy for businesses, particularly entrepreneurs, small business owners, to get started and get going. Awesome. So is there anything else? So you got the EIN, you got the Secretary of State letter. A deposit, deposit. and an ID. That's really the main thing. ID. Yeah. Don't forget that. I've Please forgotten that. A current ID with, you know, if it's expired... We're going we're gonna to be really nice with you, but we're not going to open the account until we have an, an actual valid ID. It's perfect. Yay. Make sure that you wrote those things down. Okay. Um, and then what is the benefits of banking, for example, with Frost, um, if you're, you know, not at Frost? Yeah, no. And Frost is the sponsor of the Wildlife and Business Conference, by the way. They are. are amazing with just community outreach. And I mean, I have also just counterparts who are who bank with Frost. I mean, Aaron's amazing <laughs> with Frost. Uh, look, guys, you got to bank with Frost. Tell us about Frost. Come bank with us. Um, you know, we really want to make it easy, but I think 
something that I talk to a lot of people about is that we bank people. You know, there's all kinds of businesses, entities, properties, shell companies, and all those things. But we're going to try and get to know the people behind all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, when you work with someone like me, rather than just entering information into an online data portal, and hoping it fits into their parameters, I'm going to sit down and get to know you, figure out what you're actually trying to do, um, and really be your cheerleader throughout the entire process. So, so at Frost, we bank people means... We're going to spend time with the people, the owners. We're going to, we're going to drop by. We're going to check up on you and, and hopefully we help you thrive. Mm -hmm. um, it's really easy again to get lost in the technology of the things, but we're here for the people. I love that. So for an entrepreneur, a small business owner who's really needing to get some I mean, we brought a deposit, so we know we put, we put our $50 it's in a good start, uh, but we need some cash. Yeah. Okay. So can you talk to us a little bit about for small business owners, entrepreneurs, like the access to, you know, funding or, you know, how do we get some cash yeah. by working with a bank, yeah. basically, for lack of better terms? You know, there's a, there's a lot of really good ways to do that. Um, I think it really does start by having a relationship with your banker um, rather than just some computer algorithm deciding whether you're qualified or not. Someone that can work with you. So I've. I think a lot of people are really interested in what it takes and a relationship with someone at the bank is a great place to start. Even if you just, there's someone at your church or you meet someone, you know, in your circle of friends that mm -hmm. works at a bank, have them introduce you to someone, grab coffee or lunch with a banker and just ask them what it, you know, what can I do? How can I position myself, my business I love to, be able that. to kind of get access to funding? Mm -hmm. I love that. How can I position myself? Write that down. <laughs> because I feel like sometimes as humans, you know, when we are solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, uh, we get discouraged right away if we can't do something right here, right now with mm -hmm. our business. But it's a process, you know, it's like you plant a seed and you can't just expect it to grow. You have to water it, nurture it. So positioning yourself in a way that, you know, you can access some of the things that you might not be able to access right That's away right. right off the bat. But don't get discouraged. Just keep going because consistency is everything. Keep going. Um you know, I'm working with a customer now today, and it's really exciting. They have a food truck concept. Um, they've got a little soul food, a little little daiquiris and mockeries. Oh, I need their information. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? Well, you know, hopefully, hopefully they'll be listening to this and they'll see us at the Wildlife and Business yes. as well. Um, really, really great um, group of folks. It's family. Um, so you got mom, sister, son, cousin, all working together to make this happen. and. Um, they came to me and, and we had a number of conversations long before we requested lending for them um, to kind of position them. And so some of those things are uh, if you have or haven't considered your insurance or your merchant services or some of those things that you need to operate your business, give your banker an opportunity to at least benchmark those things, like compare it with the market to make sure you're that. getting mm -hmm. the best possible rates, fees, et cetera. Um, that creates a relationship with the bank before you ever request access to capital through lending. Does that make sense? Yeah. What, what that does is say, hey, these are things I have to have anyway. I'm using them anyway. I'm using them with some third party where I never see the guy. I don't know them. But Aaron can do the same thing for me at a percentage less. Mm. Why, why wouldn't I consider using this environment. And that helps position you from a relation, rena, relational standpoint with the bank. I love that. Yeah. That's, 
something most people don't think about. They think of it as a transaction. Can the bank give me the loan? If not, I'm gone. That, that is, that is accurate. So, <laughs> you know, uh, it, no, that's it, good. You know, underwriting, you know, my experience has been with frost underwriting is that we're constantly looking at all of the factors, not just the numbers to determine where's a good risk to lend money. Yes. So I love that. That's awesome. So I'm going to switch it up. Okay. Unless so, you really want to know how to get to the money. Cause I can tell you how to get to the money. I want that too. Okay. I mean, do you, you, you want to know how to get to the money? <laughs> tell us how to wait. Y'all want to, do, do you want to know? Show me the money. Show me the money. Yes. Um, so I talked about in the ABCs, you must have a relationship with an accountant, CPA, bookkeeper. And so be prepared with three years of tax returns, right? Right. Three years of personal and business tax. Returns. That means you have to do your taxes. Yeah, you have to do your taxes. Write that down. It's it's important. It's, um, you know, banks like ours, we're always going to look at past performance to consider on a conventional loan. But let's say you don't have three years. Say you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur. You just got this thing off the ground last Thursday, right? Right. Then same thing with a CPA bookkeeper. You want to build out projections, a model, a path of where you expect this business to go based on market conditions, the demographics of your area, your product service prices, cost of goods sold. Once you have that projection, then I can introduce other things like the SBA, um, some of our third-party lending options like Lift Fund and People Fund mm. to get them involved, to get even more creative, to get you access to capital. I love that. I hope these dropping gems. All right. And it's not even February 17th. That's right. It's, okay. It's not even, it's not it's even not, hit the conference. It's yet. not even the conference yet, guys. So you have to get your ticket if you haven't. Do you hear this already? So, okay. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Okay. So Aaron, mm -hmm. um, first of all, you're just amazing. Number, <laughs> number two, um, you work in corporate America in a corporate yes. America setting. I think there are also some people who are watching who will also be at the conference who you know, they're not feeling called to be into small business ownership, entrepreneurship, solopreneurship. They really just want to find a company, mm -hmm. work with that company, be, be appreciated by the company, be appreciated by the culture and grow with them, you know? And I feel like you have kind of lived through different corporate America mm -hmm. settings yes. and you've probably been through some been long bad settings, some, some great settings. Yes. Okay. So uh, talk to us a little bit about that and speak to the person who is working at the corporate America job and figuring out like, okay, how do I make this something that can last long-term where it's not like, I feel like I always have to be an entrepreneur or a small business owner. Yeah. That's really big. Um, I'm just a kid from Nebraska. Um, corn huskers. I'm a corn husker. Okay, Midwest. Red by birth. Yes. Uh, I grew up in Wichita, Kansas. Um, Got to Texas as fast as I could. But, but the, but the <laughs> I was like, that you, you didn't get better like yeah. when you. When you... <laughs> OK, right. we ended up in Texas. Ended so up in good. Texas as fast. The truth is, is that, you know, I've been around a lot of blue collar workers, uh -huh. uh, people that have either worked for somebody their entire lives. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong or to be ashamed of. Now, you have to manage your expectations. Right. So you should really look for culture. Uh, in a company that you work for, if you have the leverage, you have the skill set, you should look for culture, a place that appreciates people, that rewards people, that that speaks up about things that are wrong mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. use that as the kind of place that you desire to be. 
Um, but if, if you don't have those options, those aren't your options and your corporate America is there, you shouldn't feel bad about it. You should look at it as an opportunity to sharpen your skills. Mm, so yep. I've raised three boys, one of which is 23. Uh, he just got an apartment on his own. I didn't co-sign. I'm telling okay. you, that's a big. That is no, no, I, I, I'm speaking from. Yes. That is you know great, what that means. I know what that means. That means. Yes. That he, he, he and I have worked together to lay the groundwork so that right. he can do those things. Um, he's not in love with the work that he's doing today, but I remind him that these are just an opportunity to defer risk to the company, right? They're going to give you some insurance. They're going to give you place to work. They're going to give you uniforms, all the stuff. Take those things. Know that the company is carrying that load for you and use the environment to sharpen your skills. As you work with customers, as you work on skills, as you ask for more responsibility and projects, you may not get the money that you deserve for it today, but you're building up everything you need for your next great opportunity. For later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I personally enjoy working for a big bank here in Texas, uh, one of the 50 largest banks in the country. Um, but, but what it does is give me an opportunity to have a platform, right? To be able to sponsor and be a part of conferences like the wow life and business conference conference gives me an opportunity and the freedom and flexibility to help the colleagues that i work with achieve their own personal goals and i get to really enjoy my life outside of it uh, mm -hmm. you know i've got a i've got a six-year-old a kindergartner at home Aww. and so uh, i'm really enjoying these moments with him watching him grow and develop uh, mm -hmm. yeah so i i really think that you know Corporate America shouldn't be looked at as a as a bad thing. Now there are some there are some bad conglomerate type companies taking over parts of the world, um, but generally speaking, you have an opportunity to really focus um, on on sharpening your own skills, defining yourself, and and being the best person that you can be until your situation changes. Mm, I love that. And speaking from a standpoint, have you worked with? Um, clients who uh they are in a corporate america have you worked with clients who they may be in a corporate america setting right now but they're looking to open a business and um what tips do you have for somebody in that scenario where they're like i feel like i'm called into this but mm -hmm. Should I quit my nine to five mm. today? But if I do, then I don't have my $50 deposit to give you. Right. So yeah. talk to me a little bit about that. So I will, I'm going to let you in on some secrets here, right? This is some, this is real secrets. I need real secrets. If you have a regular W2 income, whether it's from consulting or substitute teaching or anything, don't quit when you start your enterprise. Write that Do down. not quit your W-2 job. Say it to this camera, too. <laughs> Listen, I know y'all are listening, but don't quit your W-2 job before you start that, that new business. It's really important that you have a what's called secondary source of repayment. It's something that's always considered and looked at when providing lending options, whether you've been doing it a long time or doing it for a short time. So. That's like a, that is a hidden gem right there. It's a hidden gem. Because I feel like the culture right now is just like, quit your job. Quit your job. Throw it all in. Go for it. Yeah. And then when you get to the bank, they're going to be like, why'd you quit your job? <laughs> they're literally going to ask, why, why'd you quit your job? I had a really tough decline last year at the beginning of the year. This guy started a, 
He he invested $90,000 into a franchise opportunity of his own 401k money, his own stop hard earned money. And he had a $200,000 a year consulting job going at the same time, right? And so <laughs> if I had gotten to him sooner, I would have told him not. I would have said, downsize it, right? Do less contract jobs, but maintain that history as a consultant. So it was really difficult. We had to, we, we applied for a loan. The secondary source of repayment wasn't strong enough. And so we had to downsize the loan request amount and wait a year to reapply. So again, just a nugget, keep that job, keep that side hustle. I have another client I'm working with Today, he has been working at another bank in kind of the mortgage space for a long time. He's a top manager, so he has some flexibility with his time. But he started a garage door business, uh, and he's doing garages like from 11 to 2, 11 to 1, like during lunch. Mm -hmm. Then uh, we're, we're really helping get him off the ground running by setting up the right banking accounts, we know he's got that secondary source of income, so we have a really great window to apply for lending. I'm really excited about that, and I, I feel that way about all my customers. I feel like there's a path for success, and let's yeah. go. Let's get it. I love that. One last question, then I promise you I'll let you go to these appointments because I don't want to keep you, and okay. then you know we can't apply for more lending. <laughs> With that, <laughs> you're a family man. Yes. So... To my understanding, you have a beautiful wife, beautiful. you have some kids. Okay, yes. so talk to us about how you balance work and home. Wow, I have two answers for you, Devin. I have two answers for you all. If, you, if, you, if you'll allow me. Um, yes. You know, uh, it's been a long journey for me. So uh, uh, this is not my first marriage. But prior to that, I was married for uh, 20 years and raised three boys. And... Um, Man, I just I look back on those moments with such fond memories uh, because we were a family unit. And while seasons change, um, I'm still the same person I was since 1988. Mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm, I'm just Aaron. <laughs> and so I'm always going to be drawn to a family. I feel like I'm at my best. I'm at my happiest when I'm in connection with my family. And so uh, two ways I balance that. Uh, number one, I didn't write this. Uh, I just use the rocks. Right. Mm -hmm jar if you fill it up with sand and small things first you got no room for the big important rocks so go the other way put your big rocks in first take care of those things fill it in with a few pebbles so it slides in you still pour sand and fill up all those spaces and guess what you can still pour water in i need to do this this is like a science experiment okay. i need okay. we need to okay I love this. Yeah. Continue. That's, I just really I love think about this. big rocks. I think about big rocks all the time. What's, what are the most important things I can take care of for my family, mm -hmm. for the people that count on me today? Mm -hmm. One of them is being here. Yes. Like, this is important to me. Um, I consider you and Linda and Wale part of my family. So, yes, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> and number two, this one's a tough one. Uh, Number two is I just focus on what's in front of me. Mm -hmm. I try to be really present with the people that are in front of me in the moment. Yeah, there's people waiting on me. Yeah, there's customers lined up for me to talk to. There's prospects. There's a million things I could be doing. But none of them are more important than the people in front of me in that moment. Mm. 
I hope you guys have written that down as well. We're about to get deep in this thing, but we're going to save all the depth of conversation till February 17th. February 17th. I'm so excited. Super excited. excited. Yes. So guys, February 17th at 12 to 7 p.m. Farmers Branch, Texas, the Wildlife and Business Conference sponsored by Frost Bank. We look forward to seeing you there. If you haven't gotten your ticket yet, click the link below. If you liked this video, give it a thumbs up. Comment below some of those tidbits, those gems that Aaron has shared. And also come see Aaron speak at the Wildlife and Business Conference on February 17th. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye-bye. We'll see you.